The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is Jobsolete. I'm Helen Hong. And I'm Matt Beat, and today we're talking about food tasters. Hey, Matt, how come you sound different this week? Oh, you know, I just decided to accidentally use a different microphone for this episode. <laughs> I can still hear you, so I think I think it's cool. Okay, yeah. Sorry, folks. Then they would put the dishes on the table, and then the butler would come around with the gigantic unicorn horn. One time I got $30 to eat black beans for an hour. I enjoyed it. I later learned that people do this for a living. One actually has to have quite a sophisticated palate to handle such a job, and it's a rather specialized career. But historically, there's another type of food taster going all the way back to ancient Egypt up to some of the 20th century dictators a food taster was a person who tried food that was prepared for someone else to make sure it was safe to eat. So instead of the very important person getting sick or dying, the, the, the food taster might get sick or die. And that's how you knew the food was, you know, bad. I sure hope you have an appetite because in this episode, we're hungry to learn about food tasters. I like, I like what you did there, Matt. <laughs> I have so many questions about the one time that you were paid to eat black beans. <laughs> yeah, how did, I know. That, how did that come about? And did you have to eat all the black beans at one time? Well, they give us little breaks. Like they give us crackers, salting crackers and water to kind of cleanse our palate between. But yeah. I, Wait, but... you were in a room with a bunch of other people also eating black beans at the same yes. time? Did the yes. room have plenty of ventilation? I sure hope so. It, it was very clean. Is very, yeah, like, uh, <laughs> definitely, the more I think about it, it was an unusual experience. But yeah, like, there are people that do this. And actually, you have to have, in some cases, an advanced degree to be 
a food taster and a very top-notch palate. I'm glad that you mentioned that in your intro, because when I first heard that we were talking about food tasters today, you know, I was like, oh, a food taster is someone who has an incredible palate and they get to taste, you know, halt cuisine or whatever. And they say, oh, this needs a little bit more truffle oil or whatever. But then you explained food taster was a very different position someone that Joffrey from Game of Thrones could have used. Am I right? I have not watched that show very much, but yes. Uh, not. I can't, I can't believe. I had to commit to another show. I, I literally, I cheated I, on the show. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I think less of you. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I think less of you. It's so good, Matt. The food tasting scene is so crazy. Oh man. For research purposes, should have watched it. Man. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. So I know you got to do more of a deep dive on on the history of food tasting because you got to interview an expert. I did. Her name is Eleanor Herman, and she is definitely an expert on food tasters. You know, we don't really know when it started. I think it was before written history. It probably went back many thousands of years where there was a king or a chieftain or the most important guy in a cave. We, we really don't know. But there are records of uh, food tasters uh, at royal courts in ancient Rome, ancient Greece, Egypt, uh, and Babylon. Wow. So I guess the concept of trying to murder someone through poisoned food goes way, 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 way back. Exactly. And so during its heyday, was this is the part that's my favorite about food tasters is Sometimes it'd be a very complicated, very long ritual. For example, people used to think that unicorns were real. So, <laughs> Helen, how much do you think a unicorn horn cost in the Middle Ages? Unicorns, as we all know, are very, very rare and magical. There's only a handful of them. I'm going to say the equivalent of $5,000 in today's money. For starters, I don't know if you knew this, but unicorns are not real. Um, oh, Matt, way to like ruin a little girl's dreams over here. Yeah, uh, sorry about that. But they actually thought that they were real in the Middle Ages, but actually they were narwhal horns is what they were. But but they're still rare, because, but they'd wash up on shore sometimes and, you know, they're, oh, whoa. But yeah, you could buy a castle with a narwhal horn. Wait, so what does this have to do with food tasting, though? I'm so glad you asked. Okay, yeah, so back to... <laughs> the ritual of food tastings. At some point, I, I would think in the Middle Ages, when pomp and circumstance became much more popular, they turned the tasting into a kind of parade with all these servants, with all of their dishes, and then the guards, and, and this whole thing became a show. So bear in mind, there was no television, right? The most amazing thing you would ever see would, would be a royal banquet. And it would have been beautiful. The, the banquet hall would have been hung with banners and everyone would uh, arrive bejeweled in their gorgeous clothes and there would be servants around uh, to attend to your, your every whim. And so the royal family would come in after the servants have already licked his plates and ruined his napkin. They even licked the pillow he sat on. The tasting actually began in the kitchen. So the people who were cooking and plating and preparing the food each had to start eating from those dishes to prove that they had not put anything poisonous into it. 
And then the servants came in with all of their dishes and put them on the credenza and poked them and tasted them. Then they would put the dishes on the table and then the butler would come around with the gigantic unicorn horn. He would wave it over the table and everybody would look at it, you know, really carefully to see if it was trembling or sweating. Uh, and then he might even jab it into the king's food and into his wine to make sure that if there was a little bit of poison in there, then it would magically make it vanish. <laughs> she paints a really good picture while she was talking. I'm like, if you're the king and you're the last person who gets this plate that's been passed around and poked and prodded, you're like, ew, what even am I eating right now? Frankly, I think they would ruin the whole experience of eating. It's like you might as well throw it all in a blender at that point. Plus, if you're starving... If you're the king and you're, you like, you better have some like in between meal snacks because this sounds like it took forever. Definitely cold and nasty by the time you got it. So Matt, like to be like a royal food taster, you're always at risk of dying, right? If you're tasting potentially poisoned or botulismed food, then you're like every meal you're like, oh, is this, is this the one? Well, it's about loyalty, you know? I mean, you know, there was that really strong bond between the servant and the king or queen, whoever it was. And But this is before the Enlightenment. This is before people kind of even could fathom a world where <laughs> personal liberties were a thing. Most of the top positions in a royal court, they were very hard to come by. You would keep them for life. You were very well rewarded. It was a position of great prestige. And I imagine they were passed down in families. It would be a family that was well-trusted and well-known at the court. Certainly, the king wouldn't hire some guy off the street to be his royal taster. That much I think we could be sure of. I mean, it, it was a position of some risk. And for that reason, it, it was well-rewarded and very prestigious. You know, at the time, hundreds of years ago, the, the king was up there next to God and Jesus. It, it was a, a matter of honor to serve him in that way, even if you were risking your life. So it's almost like like a modern day secret service, right? Obviously your life is at risk on a daily basis, but it's very prestigious and you're very well compensated. Yeah, and plus the odds of you actually dying on the job are not as high as you'd actually think. I, th I would actually think that other careers might be more dangerous. <laughs> and, and then it's more than just the protecting the, the world leader. It's also about like the, almost like you're protecting the position like the office itself, it kind of goes beyond just the one person, I, I guess, if that makes any sense. <laughs> divine right was the, the way, you know, like, which divine right just means that not only the king, but the those who lived under the jurisdiction of the, the king believed that God appointed the king to be in charge, that mm. it's like they had direct connection with God, like, Yo, God, what's ah. up? Tell me what's... And, and thanks for letting me, you know, rule over these people, God. No problem. You know, it's like... Good. Yeah, that's a really good point. Because if you think that the king was appointed by God, and, and so then it's it's almost like a king, is, a king is an extension of God, then yeah, of course, you would be like, oh, we must preserve this person's life. And I am willing to eat his potentially poisoned breakfast to... <laughs> make sure that he is okay. Matt, I'm not going to lie. I'm still, I'm still a little bit shook 
that you have not watched all of Game of Thrones. But, <laughs> but in reality, in real history, did people actually die because they were poisoned with food? Yes, they did. And more on that when we come back. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Okay, I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Okay, so Matt, did people actually die because people were trying to poison them with food? Yes. In ancient Rome, there was a servant named Halotus, and he was the taster, the food taster slash butler for the Roman emperor Claudius. He tricked him into uh, consuming food that he knew was poisoned. Now, Claudius could have died from something else. We don't have an autopsy of his, you know, we don't know exactly what happened, but yeah, it's documented that he probably did murder him. And Whoa. He was blamed. Did, so I, I, I guess that's a way to know that your food taster is guilty is if your food taster doesn't <laughs> die, but the person intended for the food does die. It's like, okay, something fishy is going on here. 
I don't think he was ever punished. You know, he was kind of canceled. Like his Twitter account was shut down? His Twitter account was shut down. A lot of public <laughs> outrage after Claudius died. But it was more than likely not the case that there was all these people trying to poison the king. It was probably, eh, probably bacteria. But kitchens were really gross. They, you know, they would slaughter animals in there. They'd string them up and let them bleed into a bucket. This is while they're cooking all around that, right? There were flies. There were cats and, and, you know, that were there to, to catch the rats. And it, it wasn't just the kitchens that were disgusting and gross. It was really the whole palace. Now, obviously, they didn't have flush toilets. They, they had outhouses. They had chamber pots. They had little closet-like latrines you, you could go in in the hallway. And it's just amazing to us these days that a, a, a lot of these people, men, of course, just, just didn't really even bother to do that. They just dropped their britches and went to the bathroom wherever. There's a very funny story about the Portuguese princess, Catherine of Braganza, and she had led a very sheltered and pious existence. She arrived in England to marry King Charles in uh, 1661. And she and her ladies, fresh from the convent, were shocked to find men blithely urinating everywhere in the palace. And they complained that they cannot stir abroad without seeing in every corner great beastly English pricks battering against every wall. <laughs> a 1675 report on the Louvre in Paris said that uh, on the grand staircases, behind the doors, and almost everywhere, one sees there a, a mass of excrement, one smells a thousand unbearable stenches caused by calls of nature, which everyone goes to do there every day. So, you know, human waste is, is a source of bacteria. And, and these people in these beautiful gowns, the silk, the velvet, the diamonds, they were wandering around with all this filth. The other point is they, they didn't bathe very much. For centuries, doctors told people that if they bathed, they would probably die because evil vapors would swoop in the pores of their skin and kill them. And if you had a nice little layer of dirt, then those vapors couldn't come in. So, so it was just the filth, really. But, you know, it, it, it kept the royal tasters in business, right? Because everybody kept getting sick and everyone thought, whoop, we're being poisoned. We need more tasters. <laughs> yeah. Ew, Matt, ew. <laughs> There's so much to unpack in, in everything that Eleanor just said. I mean... You know, we we have all these like beautiful movies about the medieval ages and they don't show that bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I never thought about that. I mean, I guess I did think about that in the sense that like if you had to pee, you had to go in a chamber pot. And yeah. if you were a royal servant, part of your job was to empty chamber pots, which is so gross. But but yeah, that is a really good point. Like they just didn't take sanitation to any sort of, you know, degree that we take it now. Like they're just peeing and, and pooping in the corners and just then going to sit down to dinner. Oh, yeah. They didn't even know to wash their hands. It, it's almost kind of a bummer, Matt. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that We have all these like dramatic stories of kings and queens, like attempted murder and people, you know, palace intrigue and people are trying to slip poison into their food when actually... Most of the time, it's like they didn't wash their hands and they were just dying of bacteria from poopy hands. It's not Game of Thrones, I know. So Matt, whether someone was murdered with poison or just died of plain old food poisoning, like how would we even know? 
Well, they did have autopsies back then. They just didn't know what they were looking for. Oh, wow. So, yeah, Eleanor actually went back and studied the reports from these autopsies. By the early 1700s, that is the time with the Great Shift. For one thing, kings were losing their total power. On the other hand, science was really growing by leaps and bounds. For instance, astrology was becoming astronomy and the medical field was really improving. So people had a better understanding of natural illness and how the the human body works. A lot of the fear of poisoning was because no one knew why people were dying. How could a 25-year-old eat something, start screaming, and die within a few hours? Had to be poison. I looked at 20 individuals at royal courts over a period of about three centuries who were rumored to have been poisoned. And the interesting thing is that royals underwent autopsies. So even though the doctors of the time had no idea what they were really looking at, there are uh, very accurate descriptions. And so modern doctors can look at that and tell you pretty much what killed that individual, even though at the time nobody knew. Uh, In one of my cases, it was a perforated ulcer, a gastric ulcer in the stomach that just opened and was very painful and she died. So it was just this complete misunderstanding in in medicine that led to this, this fear of poison. And in all of the other cases that I found, It looks very clearly to me that the doctor had been bribed because the royal taster was not used to taste medicine. The kings and queens trusted their doctors. Whatever he would stir up for them and hand them a cup, they they would drink it. Wow. That I didn't even think of that. So if the royal had to take a medicine, like the taster, like if I'm like, oh, you need some Pepto-Bismol, but the food taster doesn't need Pepto-Bismol. So just you take the Pepto-Bismol. It's like, ooh, that's ripe for poisoning. The doctors at the time had a lot of power. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. 
This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When did this end? Like, when did the job of tasting food so someone else doesn't die, when did that go away? There's more to this story. It actually, wow. yeah. So uh, let's let's look at the uh, modern era. So you can't talk about dictators without talking about Hitler. Yeah, Adolf Hitler is the poster boy for dictators. But he had a food taster? Yes, of course. He was paranoid, just like other world leaders. and. Most of the dictators, if you look at the dictators of the 20th century into the 21st century, they're constantly thinking that people are trying to kill them and take their place. Hitler was no different. Uh, he had 15 young women, actually, that were chosen to taste his food. And this lasted for about two and a half years. The only reason why we know about this is because Margot Wolk is the, the woman who told the story about this. She was one of those 15 young women. After her 95th birthday in 2012, that she she's like she kind of just uh, spilled the beans. Um, ah. That's probably a good pun. Good one, Matt. But yeah, she tasted his food for two and a half years, and she said that, that yeah, Hitler was paranoid that people were trying to kill him, and that's that's what they did. I love that this lady at 95 was super casually low key, like, oh yeah, you know, I used to taste Hitler's food, whatever. <laughs> So is she like the last of the food tasters, you think? Or are there leaders today that employ food tasters? Well, Eleanor and I kind of went into this. I do think that the, the job of the royal taster in popular imagination is truly jobsolete. Today, I would call it food security. For instance, the White House has its own water treatment system. It's not connected to anything outside. And, and the food is very carefully purchased, guarded. Maybe someone in the kitchen tastes it before they bring it out to the president, probably. Uh, but it, it, it's more food security. So Vladimir Putin, maybe because He's the, the poisoner in chief himself. He's poisoned so many dissidents and uh, journalists. It is rumored that, that he has a taster 
uh, who's a doctor. Uh, and when Putin was at the White House, there was a, a rumor that this guy was in the White House kitchen overseeing the food and eating some of it. There's also the story that uh, President Trump is very worried uh, about being poisoned. And that's the reason why sometimes he'll have his motorcade pull off unexpectedly to some random McDonald's and the driver will ask for a couple of Big Macs or whatever. And so he feels really safe eating a random Big Mac because nobody knows it's for him. I don't think that's why he's showing up at McDonald's. <laughs> Let's face it, Matt. I mean, the guy has the guy has a McNugget addiction, which is, you know. <laughs> don't we all, though? I, I was going to say, it's probably the least of his flaws. <laughs> okay, so so there's not absolute proof that, you know, this is a current job. Like, there's rumors that some people might be doing it for a handful of people, but it's not like a thing that is definitely a job. Do you have a food taster? I I don't. I mean, I, like, when I get hangry, there better be nobody standing in between me and my food. I was going to say, yeah, I'm not getting one. I'm like, <laughs> I'm gonna just, just come on. I just got to go down this gullet now. I myself am guilty of pulling off into a random McDonald's, but not for food security reasons. It's because, you know, those McNuggets are amazing. Like I just, when I need one, I need one stat. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure if those are actually food anyway, but, uh, oh, I want to mention also, there are also reports that Ronald Reagan had food tasters and President Obama did have uh, somewhat of uh, food tasters. When really? Was, uh, yeah, in office. I actually think that makes a lot of sense that, you know, there was so much fear at the time that he was, there was going to be attempts on his life that it kind of yeah. does make sense that people would, would that, that he would employ a food taster. And I, I personally know a lot of people that probably would have volunteered for that job to be like, oh God, <laughs> save the first black president, please. Well, like you're saying about the Secret Service earlier, and, and by the way, the Secret Service denies that this ever has existed. So there's rumors that President Obama had a food taster, and there's rumors that Vladimir Putin has a food taster, but there's no there's nobody officially in that capacity in the world right now, which is which does make this job obsolete. Yeah, we can call it obsolete. It's official. Food tasting is obsolete. Jobsolete is produced for iHeartRadio by Zealots Manufacturing Hand Forge Podcast for you. It's hosted by us, Helen Hong, that's me, and Matt B. That's me. The show was conceived and produced by Steve Zamarki, Anthony Savini, and Jason Elliott. Our editor is Tommy Nichol. Our researcher is Amelia Polka. Our production coordinator is Angie Jaimez. And theme music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. A special thanks to our iHeartRadio team, led by Nikki Etor, Katrina Norvell, Ali Cantor, Mangesh Hadi Kador, Will Pearson, Connell Byrne, and Bob Pittman. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. 
so it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear, so before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's beyond zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our beyond zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyond zero.